Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Bible study for tonight and the message of the Lord this evening to the church. We give God all the praise and all the honor for another opportunity that we have to meet again in Bible study. We'll be studying and taking um, up from where we left off in the last class um, in our dissecting and highlighting the essentials or the doctrines highlighted in the book of Romans. Christianity is doctrinal. Christianity is practical. Christianity is life. You can't have the life or the practice without the teaching or the doctrine or the belief system. So we have a belief system in Christianity and our belief system is clearly spelled out for us in scriptures. And we've been looking at them, um, particularly the ones that the Apostle Paul mentioned in the book of Romans. Um, we have like two or three left. Um, tonight, I want to see if I can take one. We've done eight. Um, but tonight, we're going to take one and see how God helps us through it. As we go in tonight, let us pray. Father, we thank you. We come in again in your name. Teach us, Lord. We open our hearts, Lord. Bless it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I want to take a thought that is very, very tony. Um, among certain, certain groups of believers. But thank God we're not a group and nothing in God's word is turning to us. We just take God's word the way God, God's word is. Um, we're taking the thought that Apostle Paul mentioned, I think this is the ninth point, we're taking... God's sovereignty in salvation. God's sovereignty in salvation. I mean, God is sovereign in salvation. You know, we read scriptures upon scriptures upon scriptures to, to explain what it means for God to be sovereign in salvation. And when this word God's sovereignty in salvation is mentioned the common words that come are election predestination foreknowledge and calling 
You know, some would say call it or called. You know. So anytime the word God being sovereign in redemption comes in, these are the words that comes to mind. And for all intent and purposes, all these words presupposes an action that has occurred in the past. In fact, the word foreknowledge means something that has been predetermined. So the question now is, does God predetermine those that will be born again? Does he know them? Does he choose them before the world began? Does God know those who will not be born again? Now, this is the question and the argument that arises when the sovereignty of God in salvation is discussed. But tonight, we're going to look at it in scriptures. For there's nothing, you know, that God's word has no answer to. Because eventually, tonight, we're going to come down and drive home the point from there. Remember, in our last teaching on Sunday, in biblical interpretation, you look at the gen of the script of, of the passage, you look at the content or the context, you use scripture to interpret scripture, you use scripture to compare scripture, and when all is said and done, we listen to Jesus's explanation. And whatever Jesus, is, Jesus says about a teaching, is what we go by. But to start with, the word sovereign is the word to take charge. So basically, primarily, fundamentally, the word God is sovereign in salvation means God takes charge. God is the one in charge. God is the one that superintends. God is the one that guides and directs. It is God's own idea. It's God's own purpose and plan. But we're going to read tonight a few scriptures as we build on because I've broken down this thought to three, to, to three positions. The first position in God's sovereignty in salvation is that God is sovereign in salvation as regards the Jews being the called ones and the Gentiles being grafted. It's God's sovereign choice. Left to the Jews, the Jews will not want that to happen. But God in his sovereignty, in his in his, in, his, in his overall plan chose to include the Gentiles in salvation. Number two, God indeed chooses as he wills. Number two, God indeed chooses as he wills still in the sovereign plan of God. 
still in the superintending power of God. Number three, God wants all to be saved. God wants all to be saved, still in his sovereign plan for redemption. So there are three things we're recovering under the sovereign plan of God in redemption. So when we say God is sovereign in redemption, what do we mean? We mean one of these three things, and we'll see it in scriptures. Let's start with the Jews and the Gentiles, and let's read tonight in our Bibles, Romans chapter 8. Let's start from there tonight. Romans chapter 8. The book of Romans, the 8th chapter. Romans 8. I would want us to actually read from verse 8 through 29, but it's a long read. Um, but let's read. Let's read from verse 8. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you, now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of Christ Jesus. Now, I want you to read through the scripture down to verse 29, but let's come to particularly verse 23 and 24. And 24, he says, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruit. Okay, we're reading Romans 8. Okay, sorry. Romans 9. It's Romans 9. I want to read actually. Romans 9. Romans 9 is a scripture that was supposed to read. Romans 9. Romans 9 from verse 8. Um, but we'll come to verse 23 and 24. That's what I'm going to in particular, but the entire of Romans 9 from verse 8 um, is a good read. But let's read from verse 21. Had not the porter power over the clay and Magdal's words or of the same lump Magdal's word to make one vessel unto honor another vessel dishonor what if God willing to show his wrath and to make his power known endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitting for to destruction and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had afore prepared unto glory. Even us, whom he had called, not of the Jews only, 
but also of the Gentiles. From the very beginning, God had planned to save both the Gentiles and the Jews. So when we say God is sovereign in redemption, God elects, God calls, an aspect of it is his determinate counsel from the beginning to include the Gentiles in redemption. Remember, Paul was writing to the church that consists of both Jews and Gentiles, and they had this back and forth argument of who is right, who is not right. The Jews want to lay claim to God. But God says, no, you can't lay claim to me. I'm, I'm the sovereign Lord. I save all. Talk me about tonight also to Galatians 3. Galatians 3. We'll read verse 20 from verse 25 of Galatians 3. The Bible says, but after that the faith is come, we are no longer under the schoolmaster. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Therefore, there is neither Jew nor Greek. So there's neither Jew nor Greek. The Jew will want the Jew alone. But God in his sovereign plan has incorporated both the Jews and the Gentiles alike. Now, if we come to Ephesians chapter 2. Let's turn there again tonight. Ephesians chapter 2. We read from verse 11 through 30, but we won't read through all tonight. But if you read through from verse 11, you see how that the Lord has broken down that middle wall of partition from verse 14 and make what is true one through the cross of his son. But let's see verse 22 of Ephesians. It says, In whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. So we see God in his own divine plan incorporating the Gentiles with the Jews. Now, point number two, God chooses in his sovereign will. God chooses in his sovereign will. Let's see tonight, 
Romans 8, 29. Romans 8, 29. For whom he did for no. That's the word. How does God foreknow? We don't know. But in his sovereignty, he foreknows. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. The word foreknow means to know beforehand. The word predestinate means to destine before the, before the journey actually begins. So God does this in his sovereignty, in redemption. It is not difficult to comprehend. Does God know people that will be saved? Yes. Does he know those who will not be saved? Yes. Does he want Jews to be saved, both Jesus to be saved? Yes. And he does all this in his divine prerogative as the Lord Almighty. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians 1. Verse 4. Ephesians 1 verse 4. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. He chose us before the foundation of the world in his sovereignty. Where does the argument come in here? Can God do what he wills to do? Yes. How he wants to do? Yes. Can God choose? Yes. Can God will? Yes. Has he chosen? Yes. Has he willed? Yes. But all things will be to his glory. First Peter chapter one, verse two. First Peter one, verse two. First Peter 1, verse 2. The apostle said, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Praise God. So God foreknows, God predestines, and God calls. Just as God also has chosen to save the Gentiles in his sovereignty. Let's take the third leg tonight. In God's sovereignty, he wants all to be saved.
in God's sovereignty, in salvation, he wants all to be saved. The argument of the, of, of, of the Jews in their day is that they were the chosen race, they were the chosen ones. Um, Paul is saying, yes, you are chosen, but yet God has other things in mind, yet in his sovereignty. And so there should be no argument about if I'm not saved, means God doesn't choose me. No, God wants all to be saved, yet God has chosen those who will be saved. But let's see this part tonight. In God's sovereignty, God wants all. He desires all. And if God desires all to be saved, then he will not inhibit any from being saved. That means anyone who refuses to be saved has made a deliberate choice. Yet God in his sovereign plan wants all to be saved. John 3, 16. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Mark the world, the word world. So God's love is for the world, not for a section of the world. Revelation chapter 9, verse 20 and 21. Let's turn there tonight. Even at the height of the tribulation, Revelation 9, verses 20. In the height of the tribulation, God yet wants men to change their minds and change their wills from destruction to salvation. Let me read. And the rest of men which were not killed by the plagues yet repented not of the works of their hands. It means the reason for the plagues was what? to drive them to salvation, yet they repented not. It means if the men had repented, they would have been saved in God's sovereign plan. 1 Timothy 2, 1 to 4. 1 Timothy 2. Verse 3 and 4 in particular. 1 Timothy 2. Let's see. The Bible says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have how many men? All men. God in his sovereign plan wants all men to be saved. But has given all men the choice to make. The same thing you find in 2 Peter 3, verse 8 and 9. For God is not slack about his promise, as some men count, but is long-suffering toward all, not willing that any in his will. The any is in the sovereign will of God in redemption. 1 John 1, 1 John 2, verse 2. He said, for Christ Jesus is a proposition for our sins, but not for our sins alone, but the sins of the whole world. So we see Paul saying here that God is sovereign in salvation or redemption. 
and what it means, it means one of these three things. God intends to bring the Gentiles into the, into the, 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 the tree of, of, of the Abrahamic covenant. And Mark 16, Matthew, Matthew 28, the order says, Jesus gave a command, and then in Luke's gospel, towards the end of his life, he says, go ye to the whole world and preach. It shows the sovereign plan of God to save everyone. But the question now is, will everyone be saved? As many as yield themselves to the Lord, shall be saved but in in concluding on this tonight i want us to read two words of jesus and then we'll close john's gospel chapter six and this will settle this matter and give us the perspective of God. John 6, we will read two scriptures or two passages from John 6. The first we're going to read is verse 35 and 36 of John 6. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I say unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him, and him, and him that what? That cometh to me, I will not what? All the Father gives me come, and anyone that comes to me, I will not what? So he says, the Father gives him, and anyone can also what? Come. God's sovereignty. Verse 44 of John 6. For the first is, no one can come to me except the Father which had sent me draws him and I will raise him up at the last day. Jesus said it. God is sovereign. God calls people, and anyone that comes, he also will not what? Cast away. How do we conclude this tonight? God's sovereignty in redemption starts with his promise to open up redemption for the Gentiles 
as well as the Jews. God chooses. God elects. God calls in his sovereign will and redemption. And in the sufferingness of God, also in redemption, anyone that will may come. So it means in redemption and God's sovereignness in redemption, no one is excluded. There's no exclusivity in the sovereignty of God in redemption. Everyone. Is included. What do we do therefore as, as believers? We go forth and share and preach and teach and love. We mustn't go out with the mindset that, oh, this one is not safe, this one is safe. No, we go out with the mindset that God loves the whole world and everyone in the whole world is a candidate of God's sovereign will for redemption. And that's what was settled in Acts 15 when the when Apostle Paul at last came and that matter was resolved once and for all that God has saved all. I will end here tonight. I want this to be registered in our hearts. However a man is saved, as a Jew, as a Gentile, by preaching, by vision, by revelation, by tract, by, by someone's lifestyle, it is all in the sovereign plan of God. So we as believers are enjoined to go forth and preach the gospel to all nations, trusting God to touch their hearts. I would like to end here tonight and trust that we will ingest and digest this and go through it in our hearts as we prepare for our next class. Before we close tonight, I want to remind us again of our activities. For this month, our fast and prayer as announced on Sunday our contributions to Borotimus account for the get together and our meeting in April has coming. Let's all put all this to heart and the Lord bless us all in Jesus name. Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight again. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your divine will. Thank you because you have chosen in your love to save all through the preaching of the gospel. As we go to share the word, Father, as many as you have called, you have foreknown, as many as you have taught your hearts to yield, Lord, touch them. Let all those, Father God, who will come to the knowledge of the truth by the preaching of the cross, Lord, come. 
Give us strength to stay continually in the preaching of your word. That you, Lord, might be glorified. Thank you, Father. For praying tonight with thanksgiving. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. And amen. And amen. God bless you, folks. We'll see you again in our next class by the grace of God. Good night and God bless everyone. Amen. And amen.